Hey everybody, welcome to your Let's Fix Football for this week. Um, this is a strange show because it's really just going to be me. Um, Evan is uh, away with no uh, really good internet slash also no good microphone, so it's really just me chatting. Um, I'm going to play later in the show my uh, interview that I did on uh, Love Sport Radio in London. I'm going to be popping on their show a few times uh, uh, over the World Cup summer to do a little more correspondence stuff. So that should be cool. I'm definitely going to be incredibly funny and everyone's going to love me in England because why wouldn't they? I rule. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to, uh, in a second, play my chat that I had with my buddy Teddy. This is the main chunk of this that, uh, uh, you know, I wanted to chat with Teddy because uh, I wanted to show and just dive into how we kind of construct narrative in football. And I thought Teddy would be a great choice because as you all know, Teddy's popped on to be the voice of Liverpool. And obviously as a big Real Madrid fan, uh, I thought I would be a interesting interlocutor for that discussion, basically about how Liverpool fans see the Champions League final. And then I would give my impression of how Madrid fans did. So I'm going to roll that. And then I'm going to roll um, my interview where I talk a lot about how Real Madrid are going to hire Pochettino. Sorry, Evan. I, I don't even know if you're listening to this, but um, if he's not, everyone should remind him. <laughs> <laughs> be a funny troll. Anyway, so I'm going to roll that interview or that chat, I guess, because it's really just chat with Teddy. Um, all right, I'm going to do that now. And my passion is to rid this great nation of America the of soccer. Soccer here in the U.S. is due in part to the influx of immigrants saying, quote, I promise you, no American whose great grandfather was born here is watching soccer. is a waste of our time, energy, and resources. Lyrically, I'm infinite like possibilities, but you don't have the capability like infertility. Cause opening your mouth to question my validity is like trying to contradict the theory of relativity. What I spit is the epitome of heavy artillery. My enemies are obsessed with me like the bitch in misery, but break out like fathers running from responsibility. Every time I step and abuse the mic with versatility, I balance humility. I have a dream. I will not rest. I, uh, so I already had uh, about a bottle of wine to drink. I figured now was the appropriate and correct time to uh, chat about this shit. Um, well, you think I haven't had a cup of cocktails? Shit, <laughs> uh, you don't know me then. <laughs> I mean, whatever. This is. I think that's the appropriate time. I mean, what I what I was thinking Ted, was just like we would chat for just do have a normal conversation about how. Uh, we kind of construct narratives. We had, um, just so everyone knows, we had a chat on um, Twitter the other day about how you know, we each viewed a couple of these Sergio Ramos tackles, which kind of came to define the post-Champions League final discussion. I think that's fair, right? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I thought it was really fascinating. So I wanted to bring Teddy on, not because I want to rehash every like part of this, but mainly because I'm interested in... You know, as uh, uh, a Madrid fan, I'm interested in chatting with you about how sort of you see the how you see the narrative about the final and, and what it is. And then I'm going to I'll tell you how it is from the Madrid side. Um, and I think that's 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 interesting. Um, well, I won't lie. I will say that Liverpool FC Twitter and the that is what I'm looking for, baby. That's yeah. exactly what I'm talking and, about. And like the R slash Liverpool or whatever. Yeah. Liverpool FC. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Definitely Sergio Ramos is 
consider well there's there's two things so it's like a sergio ramos is clearly a vile human being right who and i'm not saying this is my opinion but he's clearly a a vile human (laughs) being who like goes out and deliberately injures people and there's also like a well it worked didn't it (laughs) because i uh i and many other people thought that liverpool actually looked better than madrid uh while salah was on the pitch <clears throat> I think a lot of the Madrid commentators, including me and Keon in our post Champions League uh, final show, agreed. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I will I will acknowledge that I was half drunk at a bar with a really shitty angle, far away from the TV, watching the game at a slammed soccer bar. It's better to be have a, the bar slammed though, on yeah, some actually, level. It was- it was so slammed, I almost left for a different place, but I was bringing my coworker, who is from Europe. And I'm pouring I pouring myself another glass of wine in case anyone yeah, was wondering. Yeah, please do. But uh, he, like, I wanted to show him that there are people who like soccer here. Yeah, <laughs> so, well, the, and there are tons of people who like soccer. I actually just uh, – They as were a turning quick, people away at the door. Yeah, as a quick aside, um, someone tried to do a joke about uh, – on, on Twitter about, oh, Americans are such idiots. So like the way she did the joke was she went to Times Square and like asked people, oh, you know the U.S. is out of the World Cup. Who are you, who are you supporting? And people's answers were terrible because – she went to Times Square. There's literally not a place in this country that you can like. There are so many pedi- like places in this country you can go where you wouldn't get those answers. But if you go to Times Square, which is literally the dregs of humanity, and you don't speak to the performers or the people that are serving the shit in the restaurants, those are the actual. The only actual New Yorkers in Times Square are the people who are performing or selling you your goddamn falafel. But if you go around and take talk to people taking pictures of the goddamn buildings, all you're getting is like the shittiest dregs of middle American tourists like fucking bullshit yeah, or, terrible or, or international tourists who don't care that the US got knocked out of the world exactly out. like so she talks That's to like some, some guys from Germany and they're just like I don't care like I, I will be supporting <laughs> Germany and the European team she's like yeah, yeah all the answers I got were Europe Africa United and Barcelona <laughs> lol right yeah. Yeah, Americans don't care. Like, yeah, that's that's actually kind of not true anymore. <laughs> it's like the whole point, like right. of the U.S. men's national team getting knocked out of this World Cup was actually a huge deal because people care. So cool, you're cool. Sorry, go ahead. I'm interested also, get Teddy in. So there's no way that Ramos isn't a huge part of this narrative. And I'll, I'll tell you the Madrid side of this later. But I'm interested in how, you know, after uh, how the 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 narrative began to develop like after the game more than it, like wh- what you saw or whatever, like the game is over. Like that's sort of in the past. I'm interested more in like now that there's a, you know, I've seen a lot of posts that there's a kind of coherent narrative forming about the game that essentially, you know, but for uh, the Real Madrid player violence and the referee not seeing it, um, you know, the, uh, uh, <laughs> the valiant, uh, players of Liverpool would have come out with a win. And I'm again, I'm not judging that particular narrative. I'm just interested to see if that's how you kind of have felt that, that the narrative has developed. Um, I mean, again, because Liverpool looked vastly better with Salah on the pitch, which is kind of a shocking observation. Um, yes, I would say that a lot of people on the internet feel that Ramos ruined the game for Liverpool and that he is some sort of um, like, you know, like chief villain, like in a cartoon. 
right the, well that is um, literally what i'm asking about do you feel like yeah. he has become like occupied that central space because what's interesting to me is yeah sure ramos has has an outside place and the the stuff with carries that we were talking about um only i think increased that in the in the after the game uh uh, you know, in the in 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 the kind of post game narrative and the way you, we we talk about Ramos, but like, you know, at, at least for Real Madrid, he did not have a huge, like in in, in the Real Madrid narrative that I'm seeing, it's like he's not there, he's not hugely involved, or like he is, but like he's not at all a central piece. But right. what is a central piece that I'm I'm fascinated, I'm not hearing more about is the is Liverpool's keeper Carius, who obviously was the one who made to the two you know real mistakes right that that, right. that led to the goals um yeah we'll see you know that the, the narrative first started is that carrier somehow like shat the bed and like you know people god jeez i hate the internet and i hate soccer fans on the internet they like sent him death threats and like cool looks like everyone's know, having a normal one That's yeah cool. right i mean like it's just it's, i think it's just soccer fans on the internet yeah or just people on the internet fans, really. the internet but, generally it's uh, <laughs> all then, terrible and, Right, and then it turns out that, like, he had a collision with – his collision with Sergio Ramos, like, gave him, like, a apparently a moderately severe concussion. And, like, physicians in Boston said that – Mass you know, General, not just in Boston, like, with the right, right, best right. hospital in the States, basically. Right, and so – or that they, you know, said that, yeah, of course he wouldn't be able to play normally, like, you know – with his symptoms later, which I don't even know. I didn't read anything about that. I don't know if he like, if they detailed what they were, but, um, so then, you know, everyone's just like feeling so sorry for him. And then this, like this vitriol towards Sergio Ramos goes mm. like, get, gets like amplified by a billion. Right. Um, and I think, I think the sane answer is that, well, Sergio Ramos has played dirty in his career for a long time. And so, um, while I kind of doubt that Sergio Ramos premeditated, you know, dislocating Mohamed Salah's shoulder and like almost knocking out Karius <laughs> in the face, it, that's probably that probably didn't happen. But because of Sergio Ramos's reputation as like a person right. who gets sent it's, off all the time and steps on people's ankles and blah blah, blah it doesn't really matter. Right. It it just kind of gets might folded as well have in. Done it on purpose because everyone would think that anyway. And and, and uh, it's yeah. it. What's striking to me is that it's easier to uh, assign like and and to the na- the narrative got a lot easier right after that because like in my view there after the actual game it did seem like the the Liverpool fan base was kind of divided between two main villains which was Sergio Ramos and then how can you choke like that in the final Carius yes. right yes but now Carius is like uh, vindicated right so the, the now the narrative is. Not only did Ramos intentionally uh, or whatever it just injure Salah, he also made it so that our goalkeeper uh, could barely play because he was so concussed. And right. what what I think is really interesting on the Madrid side is uh, some really I think, and look, I'm, I'm just going to call my own side out. Some really shitty behavior with respect to not respecting the importance and impact of concussions, right? And I, I think you know. A lot of <laughs> I know Liverpool fans are saying this too because I've seen it myself. But people are like, "Oh wow!" So he's now trying to find excuses. But like, that's you know, that's who cares at this point? It's after the fact of the match, and he was concussed. And instead of like trying to you know deal with uh, this is my view, like instead of trying to to try to. 
beat the Liverpool narrative that actually Ramos did this and won the game by himself. You should just not really fight with it and just say, look, who cares? This is the game is over. If, if you're a Madrid fan, just who cares? The game is over. Let's talk about the fact that Karius played and played an entire game concussed because I, I mean, we need to figure out a better concussion protocol in football. Like we just do. Right. And like, if, if a like I I I've played concussed, it's a nightmare. <laughs> like, right. If but you do it not because you and the reason it's a nightmare is not because it's it's like the game is different or at least I assume the nightmare is that you don't remember it. Like I would right. I had games where I got I had a concussion and I would ask in the car what like what happened in the game because I couldn't remember a goddamn thing. Wasn't there a guy uh, in the 2014 World Cup? Who got concussed and he asked the ref or was it was the champions league final and he asked the ref if it was the final because yeah something like that yeah yeah it was weird i don't remember who he played for but um and so like this is the kind of stuff teddy that really scares me because the the it is cavalier scary, yeah. attitude towards it from the fans because if nfl fans had had instead of this attitude an actual attitude of you know, we need to fix this earlier. I think the NFL could have really avoided a lot of the nightmare it's going through. But right now, like, we need to be really think really hard about whether it's possible down the road. Because I've, I mean, we don't take mental illness seriously enough in in football generally. And you know, when you combine that not taking mental illness illness seriously with a potential for CTE and like concussion induced chronic traumatic encephalopathy. You end up with a sport that basically cripples its players long term, just like the NFL. Right. And, you know, even though I actually refer to the NFL as the no fun league and how reactionary and awful it is, the NFL actually has like a neurologist in New York. Who, like, At least it pretends. Witnesses. Right? Well, they witness like there's a there's a guy who like knows about concussions watching every hit. Right. And can like, you know, recommend stopping the game or exactly. pulling that guy off or that kind of thing. And um, a lot of people on in Liverpool world on the internet um, were incensed at the club's medical staff for not pulling him off right away. But if you watch the replay, he just gets up and looks pissed off at the ref. Right. And looks fine. And the thing about concussions is you can – you, you know, do maybe that. tomorrow, maybe the next day you'll just puke. That's what happened to me. I had a thing called yeah. post-concussive syndrome, and what what ended up happening was that the day of the concussion, sure, I got knocked out. That was why it was so bad. I got knocked out. But Oof. you know, uh, you get these, but it's it's symptoms for for days. And I've known so many people, and like I had it myself, where I got hit in the neck, uh, and I jerked my head around, and then. The next thing I know, I'm driving home, right? <laughs> it's not, right. but apparently I played a good game. I, you know, put a couple shots on target, that kind of thing. Sure. But like, it's dumb that we don't think more about this in a sport that, sure, it's not football. It doesn't have what I think the most worrying thing about football, right, is, which is those micro smashes where you just basically smash your head into a brick wall over and over again uh, at the line of scrimmage. But it does have, you know, blows to the head that, can you know really 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 be bad and obviously it was in this case actually i've heard that there are medical professionals uh i don't know in the u.s and also in europe who've said actually there are those micro uh micro blows to the head that are damaging us from heading the soccer ball yeah i've heard that also i don't know i don't know if that's true but like there's people have been talking about um like head injuries in soccer for a while but it just 
because it's not quite as horrifyingly violent as American yeah. football, it doesn't get well, the it same. It doesn't also kind of have thing. like the retired players not knowing where they are and shooting themselves in the sure, chest, right? Sure. To save I, their I brains. To be fair, probably. yeah, I haven't heard any of that. Right, and say so I think that my my feeling would be like even if it is like a micro concussion, it actually happens rarely enough. Right, the point is that if you do the NFL line lineman thing one time, it's not so bad. Like people hit their heads and aren't concu- like aren't killed, and people hit their heads a lot. But yeah. I do. I'm six foot six. <laughs> like it. <laughs> <laughs> that happens. So you like I, I'm not school. I'm not as worried about that aspect of it. But I wish that we. To go back to our actual like point, right, that we were discussing, I wish two things. I wish that the Real Madrid fans would take this seriously and take the concussion angle seriously and just, you know, accept that Liverpool fans are gonna have their uh uh their narrative and vision of, of the game. And like people can watch two things happen and, and see two different things. Like that we we have <laughs> there is an objective thing that happened, but when we assign things like intent or whatever to an, uh, a course of action, people are always going to have different views of it. That's just the way life is. It's I mean, look at this action with Karius, right? Like I I see this play, and I don't see that there is essentially any, literally any way that this is a, there's an intentional thing just based on the way Ramos is looking and playing. But not only do not you, Teddy, I'm saying. But not only can people look at this exact thing and see Ramos punch Karius in the head, like they they also see like Ramos uh, coordinating a plan of attack against the most important players. Like that's that's the the level of of you know if if you want to be <laughs> you know seeing this shit, like you can look at this and see Ramos like you know. Uh, uh, thinking about Salon, like how how to get the next guy. <laughs> right. I mean, you can when you look at especially the Carius incident, um, you you can never know what Sergio Ramos really wants to do. All I know is he definitely got shoved by Virgil Van Dyke in the box, which you know, who knows how hard he got shoved or whether it would cause him to do that. And you, you or know if it's that actually Ser- a penalty for Madrid. <laughs> well, you, yeah, maybe. Um, that's a joke, probably, but that's also yeah. a joke that I've been making like about this incident where I think that, I think that a reasonable, like in 20 years, if a referee goes back to watch this without any knowledge and just looks at that play, I think you can see it like essentially either way. <laughs> also, I don't think about it that hard when I fall down. I don't usually fall yeah. down with my elbows like out, which is, I think Sergio Ramos hit Karius with his elbow in the head. <laughs> and so like. I don't know what's only Sergio Ramos knows what he was doing, you know, and maybe he doesn't even know what he was doing because he got shoved and it's like, you know, fast paced and stuff like that. But, you know, I just, it's, 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 there's, there's seriously reasonable, like a lot of reasonable doubt. Right. That Arias tried to elbow him in the head, but it's also, (laughs) again, I have to come back. People are angry about this because Sergio Ramos has, you know, deliberately kicked and stepped on people so many times and he's gotten sent off a shitload in yeah, his career. What's interesting, was he have a La Liga record or something? Yeah. So what I was, so, I was, we yeah. were chatting about this. What's interesting to me is that, um, I think that, uh, so first of all, yes, he does, but his <laughs> sending offs are largely, I mean, at least le- have been less famously violent. Like, so the, like Real Madrid's, 
uh, defensive line had like grown a reputation for being sort of violent um, since the Mourinho era. And it okay. was the main like two defenders were Sergio Ramos and Pepe. And the yeah, things that sure. you so the things that you just referenced were not Ramos things. They were Pepe things where he fucking lost his mind and like stomped on people's ankles and Sure, I watched it happen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Ramos also like he definitely like plays this guy plays really, really physical and definitely goes to like smash people in ways that probably would be a car. I've never seen him though do quite what Pepe did where Pe- Pepe I've seen try to go in to injure people and like I know that that's not good. I know we shouldn't be happy about it, but like the when the person is Danny Alves playing for Barcelona, you're pretty happy about it. <laughs> but no, no, I'm I'm, just, I'm not really kidding. I was I'm not really kidding, but I'm also kidding. Um, right, right. It's, but it's complicated. I, I wonder. Um, Ramos is actually one of these defenders who reminds me a lot of like, you know, some you know, Scotty Pippen for for the Bulls back in the day was like this famously. Uh, his hands were everywhere, and so like right. you wonder whether there's going to be some sort of foul on every play. But like he would always get the benefit of the doubt, or and not even benefit of the doubt, or like he would it, he actually was always just within the the laws of the game, whatever he was doing, and whenever he stepped over it, he would get caught. Like that, you know, Ramos walks that line, that same Scotty Pippen line, like. Uh, where you're right at that right at that edge, he plays it really hard. He was never though. It was interesting why I brought it up. He he never like to me had a reputation for being a a particularly like super violent player. Like Pepe for me like really did. Like he was the type of person I would always be like, oh my god, calm down, don't do that. <laughs> whenever whenever I saw him like go into a challenge or like. You know, get into a challenge, and then the the ball gets kicked out of bounds, and then the other guy steps up to him like, no, 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 don't punch, literally punch him. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's I think the narrative is changing now. So before this game, you know, I would say that Sergio Ramos's reputation among Liverpool fans on the internet and maybe even just Premier League fans was that oh, of course he's going to score a header in the 94th minute to win right. the game. Or draw the game from a losing position, you know, something like that. And maybe it's changing now. Yeah. Because he's so there, sometimes are um, I've noticed British newspapers and bloggers have this uh, narrative about how Premier League teams don't have what they call um, people adept in the dark arts, which is wasting <laughs> time, um, you know, stepping on their best player's foot of the other team and you know just like randomly little things that just like piss off the other team or you know get their head out of the game you know it's like like i've heard of like the italian national team guys like like just like surreptitiously spitting on the other guys Dude, on the other owns, team. like in the yeah yeah this, just that the, kind the, of Brit- the british all right look i i i get Fair the play, point yo. that they're making mm-hmm. but that's fucking they're crazy racist like that's well, no, exactly no. what they mean what, that is. what they like mean is that they don't they, they think they don't have that kind of skill but like of course they do right like the fucking sure. dirtiest players in the world i've ever seen have, have yeah. come from england including goddamn rooney and like yeah. this all came remember it, that I, fucking it was um the world cup in in i think 2006 Maybe maybe the 2008 Euro Cup. I can't remember. 2006. Is this though. the Ronaldo? Yeah, the Ronaldo winking gate. thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, they thought Rooney, that was just. Rooney like, stepped on a man's balls in that. That's like, he, did. he deserved he did. to be sent off. 
Mm-hmm. Like, he intentionally and, stomped on a dude's balls. Like, and it was I, somehow, like, a bigger crime that Ronaldo told the ref what happened. Yeah, and somehow. He, it's yeah, No, no, I mean... Yeah. That was so Ro- funny. Um, Rooney's basically a caveman. So let me know. let me let me like talk a little bit about what how like I've seen Madrid fans talking about this and sure. unfor- I mean like in terms of the actual game the the game actually has not figured into the Madrid fan talk mainly because of what happened after the game. I don't know if you saw any of that, but first Cristiano Ronaldo and Gareth Bale made comments like, hey, like maybe we're not coming back next year. It'd be cool to go out on a high. And then I did notice that. Zidane literally retired. Mm-hmm. So the well, retired, he quit. He quit. He quit. I mean, he, yeah, he quit. He's going to take some time off. Uh, so the, 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 the discussion about the team is focused mainly on that. But about the actual game itself, um, the, the discussion is mainly surrounded two things like, was the Benzema goal like Benzema actually being brilliant and stealing the ball and scoring or whatever? Um, or was it just the guy throwing it at him? It's also surrounded Bale and like what Bale's role was and whether Bale should have started and you know that that goal. And then you know, it's a lot about like does should Bale like get credit for turning the game around for Madrid because he came on with you know. 30 minutes left and then you know he scored he you know uh, scored two goals but really scored one goal and scored the other goal because Carrius knocked it into the net himself um so that's sort of like where Madrid and then there's a little bit about like I was watching that game and I didn't see the uh I didn't see the Salah challenge as you know negative at all like I saw it as physical but then, like, the general feeling was, like, we've seen, like, Modric do worse to Messi intentionally. Uh, and, like, you know, because I think that um, a lot of the, the, the side, like, Real Madrid fans, just like I'm sure Barcelona fans are, are conditioned to look at the other uh, any other team with a, a player as good as Salah. And, like, with Barca, I mean, Messi is incredible. And they, they do a lot of similar stuff where they're, Smallish players who really, really have incredible footwork and like to play in very tight spaces and then suddenly make uh, room for themselves, right? So, so you kick them. So you hit them, right? That's and mm-hmm. Madrid players. That's normal, yeah. Have learned that the way to do that is, and not just hit them, like you, you body them. You use your these guys are normally like both Messi and Salah. They're small, so you use your larger body to body them off the ball and, and move them around. So I think that's sort of where the Madrid fan like thinking was when that happened. And then as it's kind of ballooned afterwards, there was a lot of kind of going back and re-looking at it. And then, you know, obviously there's some going to be some segments that pop off and peel off and feel like they're going to be the Sergio Ramos defenders and whatever. And that, I mean, I don't, I'm not interested as much in like <laughs> defending Madrid player actions because uh, ultimately this, like, this is what happened. Like the, the game happened and, you know, I, I personally am someone who likes to bask in the moment, but unfortunately my, star players and then my coach didn't let me so I have to think about Madrid going forward and I think that's a lot of Madrid's fans thinking that there actually aren't that many people there around or interested in in litigating the actual game given what happened to Madrid the club after sure and I mean let's if you take the least um or the the most damning view of Sergio Ramos yeah he intended to injure two 
the best player on Liverpool and the goalkeeper right. to put them off their game. Even if that is the case, well, it worked. Right. It looked like absolute garbage after that. And so there, there's actually a decent number of Liverpool fans I saw on the internet who were like, well, yeah, I mean, like it worked. Like they won the cup. Like that's the point, right? Isn't that mm-hmm. the whole reason you're here is to win? And so like, you know, there's there's some people who are like, well, hoping, you know, we, we got Nabi Keita coming. And right. he has a, like a little bit of a reputation in Germany of just that's like the next stop, man. Kick, kicking the crap out of you if he's yeah. frustrated. I mean, I can't um, imagine this Liverpool th- – I mean, this Liverpool team is so cool. Like adding Nabi Keita and then, and then some of the other signings like they're talking about. You guys are talking about you. really exciting. Yeah. Yeah. So – and then, you're not, you know, hopefully – They'll, they'll have a little like we haven't had like a kick you in the balls player since like Mascherano. Oh, and like he Mascherano. was he is like the, the guy at that though, fuck, dude. And like he still he is. Got, he still is. Yeah, oh yeah, I believe it. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, he got a ton of red cards and like it, you know, it's just like we there's something to that. Yes. You know, yeah. Frightening yeah. the other players and and at least know. like. I don't know, like having having well, one of the things that Keon and I were talking about before the game, and I I want to like kind of leave it here because I'm more interested in in the way, um, you know, teams and and player really play like fans form narratives about the game and players afterwards. And I was interested in hearing like how the Liverpool narrative has developed, and uh, I, so that's that's really what I'm what I'm what I'm interested in, but. The, the way that everything has gone down after after the match for, for, for Real Madrid really has prevented me and a lot, I think, of a lot of Real Madrid fans from just kind of living in the moment and experiencing what it is to, like, the, this this moment in the club's history. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, this is the kind of thing that really people should be more psyched about. And what actually people seem to be talking about constantly is you know, what comes next and what comes next. And what comes next is always, you know, it's always exciting and it's always there down the end of the road. But, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm like I was saying earlier, I'm really excited about this Liverpool team with all the new players coming in. But, you know, what comes next for this Real Madrid team is extremely still still up in the air and, and it's terrifying. I mean, like, they're literally, mem- oh. like, uh, 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 they're literally fucking uh, rumors about Madrid taking everyone's coach and everyone hates Madrid right now. Of course they do. And also, you know, you just won three champions leagues in a row. That's about as good as it gets. Right, the party has to end. The party will end soon. I mean, the party should have ended. I mean, the party should have ended this year. Madrid. Zidane knew. Zidane did. He did the fucking black that French most, black magic. Ep- yeah, that was, no, that's the most epic resignation that's I've amazing. ever seen. Yeah. Like, he knows it's going to be over. Maybe next year. Probably. Probably next year. Next year. Are you kidding me, dude? Yeah, and like I mean, I'm, Bale doesn't want I'm, to I mean, stay. I mean, this year like, Madrid fucking went behind Barcelona by 17 points. If Zidane had stuck yeah. around, I can't imagine that would have changed really, unless Madrid did a total squad re-haul, revamp, and they weren't. They're not going to do a squad revamp. What they're going to do is go in and get one or two great players and a new coach, and that actually is better for the team. Like sure. Kieran and I are like wrapping our heads around this and finally have decided that this is essentially a good thing, but it's it was a fucking crazy resignation. Uh and but it does leave it so that Madrid 
go get players, right? They, they instead of like go getting into a new squad for Zidane, what they do is they go get a new coach who brings in one or two new players and they keep the core of the three Champions League team, right? Sure. But I mean, I also have to say, like, I think it's kind of hilarious to hear, <laughs> as a liberal fan to hear someone like who, who's a fan of a team that just won three Champions League in a row <laughs> and think about like, oh, bummer, it might end next year. And like, oh, it's right. not going to be as good and blah, blah, okay. blah, blah. Just like, <laughs> Fuck you. like seriously, like I don't. I was just, I was literally just happy to be at the final, like it was. I was so I, I, fucking I was, stressed. I was not crushed. I was just like, all right, you know, yeah. shit happens. But like, I was hearing so like a fan base. So like, <laughs> you know, hearing a fan base like moan about how like, oh no, like it's gonna be worse next year. But we just won the <laughs> Champions League. I know, I know. Like, no wonder so the whole bad. world is like, fuck Real Madrid. Like, <laughs> I, like I agree with them. Yeah. That's just like I. I mean, look, I sort of do I've too. I get it. Entitled. It's so entitled. I don't it's, even. It's what the Chicago Bulls fans were like back in in the in the nineties. It's what the Golden State Warriors fans are right now, and it's. It's because Madrid became this hateable dynasty in Europe, which for Madrid fans, you should be fucking psyched. And I am. I am psyched that, that they're hated, hated as shit because when I was growing up, Madrid were hated as shit. Um, or it I got to watch similar. them. It's and like it, nostalgia it feels, for you. It reminds me of like <laughs> when everyone remembered that this club fucking did not lose and they hated it when they didn't lose. Like, But this is different because it's it's harder to not lose now. Zidane fucking quit without ever being eliminated from the Champions League. That's true. Although at the risk of pissing off all your fans, I will say during Barcelona's dynasty in the like late 2000s, early 2010s, nobody hated them. It was just so beautiful. Uh, They all loved it. That's actually statistically not true. Isn't Um, it? It's. (laughs) I mean, Uh, I feel like I met everyone who loved Barcelona, but... uh, what actually happened during their last little bit of um, winning was that Madrid saw a huge surge in fan subscribers, and my website basically took off because of that. Yeah, it's possible, but I, uh, I just remember everyone just like wanting to watch them. Yeah, nonstop. I mean, I mean, I like watching Real Madrid too. But I like watching Madrid win. <laughs> <laughs> That's all. no, I mean, like I just like watching Pep Guardiola. Players, Pep Guardiola actually doesn't have. The kind of winning – he's not a Michael Jordan-style clutch player. He's like a do-it-day-in, week-in, week-out tire-style coach. Like, And that's that's why that was such an incredible dynasty because what they did – and I call them a dynasty too even though they didn't do anything close to what Madrid did with the Champions League, but they – you know they created their own style of football, and it's be, and that's be, that's why that's a dynasty. Like that, another big part, obviously, of the Madrid conversation right now is is legacy and what legacy this leaves around. For me, this 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 is a dynasty in the kind of old school '90s basketball type dynasty where everyone hates championship after championship, right? And yeah. the Barcelona one was like a cultural and stylistic yes, dynasty they where the culture they. But but they didn't win as much, right, as Madrid. And what Madrid did is, like, had this kind of, you know, go into it with this kind of uh, absolute – it just reminds me of those 90s Bulls with M- Michael George. It's like, no, fuck you. We are will not lose this series. We no, will and everyone not knew lose they wouldn't this. beat them. Right? 
and yeah. no and that was never like the feeling with Barca like they they would they created a style they I mean maybe what Barca is, is a little bit like the Warriors and their three pointers but like they they really just created this sort of style and Pep Guardiola is like really a, a constant day in day out to it we do it this style we do it this way and he but the thing about Pep there's a reason that Klopp beats him because when you know what's easier to play like every day every week is like uh, 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 not super complex, like classical music and, and, you know, adding a little jazz from here and there. That's when they score. But what fucking Klopp does is you can't do heavy metal every single game, every single day, every single year. People are going to get over it. But when that shit comes down to it, who's going to be more like amped up heavy metal guy, like listening to heavy metal guy or fucking, all right, this is just another game. We're going to do it the same way every, as every other game. No. It's going to be the heavy metal guy. That's why Klopp wins these games. And also he's a better tactician, like, game by game, I think. Yeah, I mean, he's, you know, it also, it's... You don't like my heavy metal versus classical and jazz, really classical music uh, analogy? No, I do. It's true. Um, And also, there's also just, like, very few ways to combat just ridiculously fast guys running at you. <laughs> that's like, sort of what Madrid it, that's been the, That's been true since the 19th century. Like, <laughs> it's true in FIFA. Just get the fastest motherfuckers on your front line. Yeah, like, well, I mean, what fair. Madrid is, like, and one of the things I was talking about earlier, I think, was what, what Madrid has really tried to do and tried to uh, 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 do over the, like, over these last couple of years is really lock down a, a certain, like, level of athlete, right? So, like, Ronaldo... Ronaldo is the single most impressive athlete I've ever I've ever seen, other than maybe Michael Phelps. Michael Phelps is what I was right, thinking. Yeah, yeah but um, basically other than that, yeah. But like in terms of what he's done with his body, like I saw the like the you know that Madrid has this exhibit in the Bernabeu was like how high Ronaldo jumped for one of his goals, and it was like if you get up that high, you could set a like world like or come close to setting a world high jump record. <laughs> was, I mean, he's he's a machine. He's an incredible person, and like he he keeps his body that finely tuned. But Madrid has looked for people who have kind of naturally incredibly athletic, you know, strong, big people. It's almost like going back to the prospects in like the NBA or or, or NFL, where you look at their stats and say, you know, this guy is like like look at Baran Baran is 25 but he's also like incredibly yoked and he's uh uh still like he was still growing when madrid got him and he was already six fucking six foot two and so he's already he's now six five like or six four and yoked and and arguably the fastest person on real madrid like that is the kind of shit that they were looking for and they had it across the board and i was i one of the things going in like i was saying kian and i were saying that real madrid didn't really uh, had the kind of, you know, physically athletic team that Liverpool hadn't maybe hadn't faced quite uh, on the across the board on every line. There's someone who is absolutely outstanding physically, if not more than outstanding. Right, like Casemiro, Baran. I mean, Ramos, uh, Ronaldo, Bale. If he started, that's why we wanted him to start. Bale. These guys are fast. They'll run the whole game and they will body you. And like uh, that's that was sort of our thinking. Yeah, no, and it worked. Um, <laughs> and also, like Liverpool's midfield was a little bit weak physically. Um, James Milner is old, although he's had a, an amazing season. He's not nearly as fast as he used to be. Um, 
he's still strong, but yeah. yeah. Uh, Jordan Henderson has a bad body. Um, <laughs> he he's very talented and he has good technique, but he is. You know, we've had like more than one season where he was basically moderately injured all year. Like his his feet are like constantly injured. He, this is like the this year was like the um, most amazing stretch of him not being injured. Uh, and you know, we just and you know, like Alex Oxley Chamberlain um, is our most like naturally athletic person in the midfield, and right. he he blew his knee out before the game. Um, and so Alexander like, Arnold looked really good actually though. Yeah. And he's a baby. Like I, you know, him going up against Ronaldo kind of made me shit my pants a little, even though he's been really good this year. It's just, he's 19. He did I a great did, job. Every, like, he, he did, he did. And I'm, I'm amazed. He was, he was wonderful. Um, but yeah, um, they're adding some athleticism this year in the midfield, which is good. Uh, but basically our most, mind-blowing athletes are like Virgil van Dyke in the forward line. Yeah. And, you know, and there's, you know, that's, it, it gets the job done in right. most games. But, right. But like when, we, when, when Salah goes off, we have Adam Alana to come on who's been injured all year. Right. And he just couldn't, yeah. yeah. he just couldn't do it. Like it's not his fault. He, no. he was probably, he's just not fit, but that's all yeah. we had. Teddy. Thank you so much for coming on to chat. Um, I, I, I had a great time, man. Um, and I'm glad that we could kind of hash this out. It's, it's uh, one of the first um, serious shows I've actually, <laughs> actually done about the final because mm-hmm. I did my one right after where it was like, you know, just reacting. And then um, party. Yeah. And then I've, I've basically only dealt with the transfer you know, stuff since. So I hadn't actually gotten to talk about this. So thank you so much, buddy. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. Always a pleasure. Pulling things away from the international scene for the moment. Uh, let's discuss the situation with Real Madrid. And we've got Gabe Lezra on the phone, who is the Managing Madrid podcaster. Gabe, are you there? Yeah, I got Hello, hello, mate. So, of course, you'll be happy to wax lyrical about all things Real Madrid. What's going on there? I mean, how do you win three uh, Champions Leagues back-to-back and then say, no, I'm walking away? What was that about from ZZ? I have no idea. I mean, no, look, I I have some idea. I mean, if um, if you think about the job at Real Madrid, it's just so unbelievably date, like just the harrowing daily with the overwhelming Spanish media that just is constantly following you around. They're badgering you. They're asking every single, like they're they're dissecting your lineup choices every single day. And whenever any minute thing, and I mean, Madrid could win six, one, and they'll ask you about the one goal and blame it on you. So I can understand why it might get a little, they sound like my parents. (laughs) (laughs) Always stars. And then what's this B? B? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It must be very tough. Um, being in the limelight and the main man at Real Madrid. Um, and it always seems that it's, it's never good enough, is it? Right. Whatever you that, achieve. I think that was part of the problem. They also, all, all of them have their own favorite. Uh, so each paper sort of has, has their own favorite lineup. And whenever the exact 
conformed to the lineup choice. That paper will, paper will write something negative about yep. him. And they also have their players that they hate that he keeps putting out there or doesn't keep putting out there or something like that. There's always some agenda that they're trying to push within the club. Yeah. Um, and do, do you think, because there's talk of Arsene Wenger potentially replacing Zidane at Real Madrid, do you think that's a, a good appointment or which manager do you see in the world stage that could take on that hot seat? Yeah, I mean, I so I don't think that Wenger is going to come into Madrid. I, I think there was a flirtation with Wenger back in the mid-2000s, but I think he could star as painted. Pretty yeah, it's been a long time since he's been well thought of. Yeah, yeah, uh, but I, I mean, look, the, the current person in England that they're flirting with is uh, Pochettino yeah. at yep. Spurs. And, uh, I mean, we know he just signed a new deal, so it's going to be tough. But, I mean, this is Real Madrid, <laughs> so I, I wouldn't put it yeah. past them to try yeah. to Money try is to no object, is it, when the uh, Spanish government write it off? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> when they can give it to you through the bank. <laughs> yeah. So I'm assuming you've seen the All quote right. from Pochettino saying that when Real call, you listen. That's, that's really interesting, isn't it, that he said that even after yeah. signing this new deal? Yep, that's. I mean, that's the classic thing that that every one of them. That's like what Beckham said. That's what everybody says before they come to Real Madrid. So, I mean, I'm not saying it's a done deal, but that is not. Uh, that's not what you want to hear if you're a Spurs fan. I think. Um, and do you see like now that Zidane has left? There was talk after the Champions League final, kind of Gareth Bale intimating he might want to leave. There was some misunderstanding about Ronaldo saying he might want to. Can you see big players like that leaving now that Zidane has left, or is Real Madrid just too much of a draw for you to stay? Yeah, I so I think actually Gareth Bale's situation has likely changed. Um, there was a lot of talk, a lot of smoke around the possibility of him leaving this summer. A lot of that has actually died down. I, I think that he probably wants to reassess his options once he speaks to the new coach. I mean, a, a lot of his comments were about making sure that he got playing time and was featured. So, yeah. a, you know, assuming the new coach comes in and says, yeah, we plan to feature you, he may very well stay. I'm, I was I was almost certain he was leaving if Zidane were going to stay. But now that Zidane's out, I think all bets are off with Bale. Right. And with Ronaldo, it's, it's, it's really not clear. I think he uh, – I mean, he's so good that he could go anywhere, but he could also – you know, he's – Florentino Perez is favorite, and he has a long contract with Madrid, so it's going to be hard unless Ronaldo himself forces his way out for him to uh, for him to leave. I think. I think the most interesting thing that you've mentioned, Gabe, is that it's uh, Tottenham Hotspur fans that are quaking in their boots uh, yeah. at the moment. Um, if Poch was to make the move, would you like to see Harry Kane come arm in arm with him? As a Real Madrid fan, I would love that. He's one of our favorite. I mean, yeah, he's one of my favorite players in the world. I think he would fit the system perfectly. He's, uh, I mean, he's he's a pure goal scorer, but he's also got that ability to drop back and, and create for other players. And, yeah, he sees the pitch really well. This is exactly the kind of forward Madrid need to replace someone like Curry and Benzema, who, like, he is still on the way out. And World Cup year, Madrid need to be seen to make a marquee signing exactly. as well, don't they? It's always very important. I mean, if you think about James Rodriguez in the last one, and mm. if Kane lights up this tournament or at least scores a few goals, because maybe he won't light it up because he plays for England, um, <laughs> then, then it could be inevitable <laughs> that that Madrid are going to be looking at him and his manager. Yeah, I think the mark is going to be mental this season. But it's going to be it's also going to be so compacted at the end of that uh uh, at the end of that World Cup, right? Because it's going to be every one of these big teams are going to start having the dominoes fall once Madrid moves. Because, I mean, the the, the buzz in Spain is still that they're obsessed with uh, 
the possibility of prying Neymar away from PSG. So if that's going to happen, that's going to that would kind of blow the blow the world in half a little bit. That's but, another ego yeah, to put I, in the dressing room. <laughs> yeah. Just one more. I mean, at this point, <laughs> how could how much could it really hurt? <laughs> so I mean, imagine a world if Neymar does move to Real Madrid. Do you think that would be as bad or worse than when Figo did the same move? Like, what? How do you think uh, the fans would respond to that? I mean, I don't think it's as bad because I don't think uh, Barcelona fans were as in love with Neymar and Neymar went to a different team. But well, I think that we would definitely get people throwing, trying to throw pig's heads yeah. at him just like last time. There'll be some spice there, wouldn't there? The Classico if he does move. <laughs> I, Not I, that it needs any more spice with yeah. everything going on in Spain, but yeah. yeah. Okay, Gabe, final question. We've got about 30 seconds left. Who do you sure. think is going to be the main man that's going to go into Madrid? If you had to call it, if you were putting your money on it, who do you think it's going to be? Yeah. Gun to my head, uh, I think it's Pochettino. Oh. Um, but I think if it's not him, I think if it's not him, it's actually going to be promoting internally, and it's going to be Guti. No, no one thought uh, about that. But I think yeah, he's, I, uh, I did very that. well regarded. I saw that in an article. Well, Gabe Lezra, thank you very much for your call. Much appreciated, matey. Uh, Gabe there from the Managing Madrid podcast, giving us his thoughts on the situation at Real Madrid. So you guys currently are listening to the London Calling with James Sherwood and Ishan Akbar. Now we was once two niggas of the same kind. Quick to holler at a hoochie with the same line You was just a little smaller but you still rolled Got stressed to wild A and hit the hood swole Remember when you had it, Jerry Curl didn't quite learn On the block with your Glock tripping off Sherm Collect calls to the tilt saying how you changed Oh you a Muslim now, no more dope game Heard you might be coming home, just got bail Wanna go to the mosque, don't wanna chase tail It seems I lost my little homie, he's a changed man no sinning is the game plan When I talk about money, all you see is the struggle When I tell you I'm living large, you tell me it's trouble Congratulations on the wedding I hope your wife knows she got a player for life And that's no bullshitting I know we grew apart, you probably don't remember I used to feed for your sister, but never win a bender And I can see us after school, we bomb On the first motherfucker with the wrong shit on Now the whole shit's changed And we don't even kick it, got a big money scheme And you ain't even Cause I'm just laughing at you You're trying hard to maintain Then go ahead Cause I ain't mad at you, mad at you. Oh.